This is section seven of Mark Twain, a biography, volume two. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mark Twain, a biography by Albert Bigelow Payne. Chapter one hundred and eleven. A Bermuda Holiday. On the sixteenth of May, eighteen seventy seven, Mark Twain set out on what in his notebook he declared to be the first actual pleasure trip he had ever taken meaning that on every previous trip he had started with a purpose other than that of mere enjoyment. He took with him his friend and pastor, the Reverend Joseph H. Twitchell, and they sailed for Bermuda, an island resort not so well known or so fashionable as today. They did not go to a hotel. Under assumed names they took up quarters in a boarding-house, with a Mrs. Kirkham, and were unmolested and altogether happy in their wanderings through four golden days. Mark Twain could not resist keeping a notebook, setting down bits of scenery and character and incident, just as he had always done. He was impressed with the cheapness of property and living in the Bermuda of that period. He makes special mention of some cottages constructed of coral blocks, all as beautiful and as neat as a pin at the cost of four hundred and eighty dollars each. To Twitchell he remarked, Joe, this place is like heaven, and I'm going to make the most of it. Mark, said Twitchell, that's right. Make the most of a place that is like heaven while you have a chance. In one of the entries, the final one, Clemens says, Bermuda is free at present from the triple curse of railways, telegraphs, and newspapers. But this will not last the year. I propose to spend next year here, and no more. When they were ready to leave and started for the steamer, Twitchell made an excuse to go back, his purpose being to tell their landlady and her daughter that, without knowing it, they had been entertaining Mark Twain. "'Did you ever hear of Mark Twain?' asked Twitchell. The daughter answered, "'Yes,' she said, "'until I'm tired of the name. I know a young man who never talks of anything else.' "'Well,' said Twitchell, "'that gentleman with me is Mark Twain.' The Kirkhams declined to believe it at first, and then were in deep sorrow that they had not known it earlier. Twitchell promised that he and Clemens would come back the next year, and they meant to go back. We always mean to go back to places, but it was thirty years before they returned at last, and then their pleasant landlady was dead. On the home trip they sighted a wandering vessel, manned by blacks, trying to get to New York. She had no cargo and was pretty helpless. Later, when she was reported again, Clemens wrote about it in a Hartford paper, telling the story as he knew it. The vessel had shipped the crew, on a basis of passage to New York, in exchange for labor. So it was a pleasure excursion. Clemens dwelt on this fancy. I have heard of a good many pleasure excursions, but this heads the list. It is monumental, and if ever the tired old tramp is found, I should like to be there and see him in his sorrowful rags and his venerable head of grass and seaweed 
and hear the ancient mariners tell the story of their mysterious wanderings through the solemn solitudes of the ocean long afterward this vagrant craft was reported again still drifting with the relentless gulf stream perhaps she reached new york in time one would like to know but there seems no good way to find out that first bermuda voyage was always a happy memory to mark twain to twichell he wrote that it was the joyousest trip he had ever made not a heartache anywhere not a twinge of conscience i often come to myself out of a reverie and detect an undertone of thought that had been thinking itself without volition of mind viz that if we had only had ten days of those walks and talks instead of four there was but one regret howells had not been with them clemens denounced him for his absence if you had gone with us and let me pay the fifty dollars which the trip and the board and the various knick-knacks and mementos would cost i would have picked up enough droppings from your conversation to pay me five hundred per cent profit in the way of the several magazine articles which i could have written whereas i can now write only one or two and am therefore largely out of pocket by your proud ways clemens would not fail to write about his trip he could not help doing that and he began some rambling notes of an idle excursion as soon as he landed in hartford they were quite what the name would signify leisurely pleasant commentaries on a loafing peaceful vacation they are not startling in their humor or description but are gently amusing and summary reflecting bubble-like evanescent fancies of bermuda howells shut up in a boston editorial office found them delightful enough and very likely his atlantic readers agreed with him the story of isaac and the prophets of baal was one that captain ned wakeman had told to twichell during a voyage which the latter had made to aspinwall with that vigorous old seafarer so in the rambling notes wakeman appears as captain hurricane jones probably a step in the evolution of the later name of stormfield the best feature of the series there were four papers in all is a story of a rescue in mid-ocean but surely the brightest ripple of humor is the reference to bermuda's mahogany tree there was exactly one mahogany tree on the island i know this to be reliable because i saw a man who said he had counted it many a time and could not be mistaken he was a man with a haze lip and a pure heart and everybody said he was as true as steel such men are all too few clemens cared less for these papers than did howells he had serious doubts about the first two and suggested their destruction but with howells's appreciation 
his own confidence in them returned and he let them all go in they did not especially advance his reputation but perhaps they did it no harm end of chapter 111 a bermuda holiday read by john greenman